0: This is Midnight Date, and I am major daughter today. We are turning up the volume. Turn it up, turn it up. Whoop, 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 whoop. Lada, please. (laughs) Let me tell you, this is a very, very, very special episode because you're about to learn how to keep your head while others are losing theirs. It's amazing don't you want to, don't you think how, how do you keep your head in a time like this when everybody is losing hmm that's exactly what's going to happen I don't think you are familiar with that <laughs> but we're about to learn together how do you keep your head but not just keeping your head but keeping your head up high in a time when everybody's losing their own heads. Now go ahead and share this broadcast as many times as possible. In a minute, I'll be bringing Lean Swing. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want you to go ahead and tell at least three people that you are stronger than you think. If you don't know if that is true or not, you're about to find out. You're about to find out. Let's find out together. Good morning, good morning, night, riders. Let's see your comments. I know that this is not a familiar subject. That's why I'm making it easy. Keep your head. While letters are losing theirs? Right? Okay. Let's allow Lynn to teach us how to, to make our brains hmm? listen to us. Right? Let's show our brains who's boss. I can see you're laughing, right? Look, this is what it's all about. If you must must make it in a time like this, you've got to know how to keep your head. You've got to know how to tell a brain or show a brain who's boss. You're stronger than you think. I'm stronger than I think. Come on, tell three people. You're stronger than you think in a moment. Lynn Swain will be here from the Leadership Institute. Yes! She will be helping us, guiding us. But not only that. I, I see so many of you have come already. So, Zulufe, good morning to you. Mm. Sister Doki, good morning. Rosemary, good morning. just watching from Cape Town. Woo! Desmas, good morning. You are stronger than you think. This is it. This is it, you're stronger than you think. So, because this is brain, this is science, this is, I mean, this is a lot. This is academia, this is academics, right? But we've got the right person who's gonna help us in a simple language, step by step. Now, if you have your questions, go ahead and share your questions right away. You are stronger than you think. Now in five, four, Three now I'm counting this down, you know because I'm bringing Lynn Swain. Two one Yes! Good morning! <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness,
1: what a wonderful party. I feel I'm in the middle of, yeah, it's just it is and we Yes. What, what, yes, what I wanted to say is that you're absolutely right, 100% right. You know, this is, that's what we're going to do, we're going to kind of take a, a, a lens to our brain and just have a look at what on earth goes on, why are we are behaving the way we are, why we're feeling so jolly insecure, and, and how if we don't take charge, we're in really, really big trouble. So um, yes, I am Lynn Swain, I'm going to share with you tiny practical nuggets. Um, a way in which we're able to almost reframe what it is that we do and what we can do about it. So this is just a very short, a short insight into everything. Um, there's a much bigger program happening on Tuesday, chamber, a wonderful opportunity there to join in. But um, how did I get into this? So I, at the age of 48, took all of my my learning, the coaching, and I just thought there's still a piece missing. Why? When I was promoted into business, and that all really happened very nicely, very well, because I came from a very strange background and I had to grow up really, really quickly, put into this position, and it's very difficult to connect, to really empower people. You know, I spend most of my time telling people what to do. So I had 48 thoughts got a different way and I was introduced to the neuroscience of leadership and really what it is is taking what has been stuck in laboratories with people in, in white coats for so long that needed to be in business that needed to be in our homes. and so I embarked on the most rigorous Masters of Science degree which I'm very happy to be sharing with the rest of the world so that's what I love to do today so we do training and coaching. Um, mainly it's just about giving people a sense of certainty, some certainty, um, and we'll see why that works. So thank you. And uh, Major Daughter, do you have a question to kick off with? So I am not hearing you
0: sound there we go your sound is not coming out all right your sound is not a little it's not fine it's a bit fade so they're working on that so is it better without my earphones can you take them off please let's see if you can remove your earphones lynn are you there can you hear me
1: I can, I can hear you, but yours is in fits and
0: starts, but I'm here. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. It's perfect. So we just wanted to to, to have that sound sorted out. <laughs> I hope um, they heard what you said. Uh, Lenny is into neuroscience of leadership and she was about she was explaining actually what that is maybe she can go over it again lynn because of the sound that time can you tell us what is this neuroscience of leadership is all about and how did you i mean at your age get interested in all this i mean we don't want to lose our heads right we want to keep our heads but keep them up high lynn absolutely so yes
1: just to recap I am bringing you some of the information that I found so exciting and provided such incredible insights to the extent that I can't wait to share it with you tonight. Um, I spend a lot of time working in large organisations with them as they want to develop a culture from the culture of trust, culture of performance, that sort of thing. And it's easier than you think. So. What what we are bringing here today is just some kind of insight into why we behave like we do. Why we're feeling so uncertain right now. I think it would be strange, unusual if you weren't really unnerved by these by these changes. You're probably feeling financially concerned about where this is going to go. Are you concerned about your job? Are you concerned about your children, their education? Concerned about how you're coping? And possibly your brain looks like it is in a state of frazzle. And uh, if you had to, for instance, take the cross section through someone who is in that state over a chronic period of time, a toxic state, maybe in your organizations now where you just have no sense of where you're going, what is the executive team thinking? When am I going to hear about losing this position? If you've been in that state, you could find that your neuron looks different. You could find that in the memory section, for instance, those little spines that come off your nerves, in fact, have died, fallen off, which actually means that that section of your brain has shrunk. So under severe stress, the memory center as the brain will have shrunk. Brain damage is being done. Mm.
0: Yo, that right. sounds hectic. Okay.
1: That sounds okay. hectic. <laughs> have, have we got your attention now?
0: <laughs> that sounds hectic. I mean, really, what do you think? People, Night Riders. Huh!
1: So, we start by needing to just know a little about our brains, right? So when we do feel fearful, When someone perhaps looks at us, strangely, someone who really counts, someone who matters to our future, (laughs) we go into a state of fight and flight. It's not dissimilar to the way our caveman forefathers behaved when they were in caves having to protect their families from a rustle in the bushes from a lion. We still behave that same way. So when our blood rushes from where it needs to be, here in our thinking, brain, to that deep place within. We are not able to recall things very easily. We're not able to think on our feet. We are illogical, often very irrational, very biased. We jump to conclusions. We feel like it's them and us. So being in this kind of a state where we cannot take any positive risks where we cannot think on our feet, and we can't be solution-finding, and this is exactly what we need to be now, right? Then we are defaulting to the old way of behaving. We need to find out how to move that blood flow from that deep inner old brain back to thinking brain.
0: So that's what we need to be doing. Yeah, but how does one do that? How does one do that? Look, th- th- there's a lot you have, you have said, but I'm just thinking sometimes it feels like you are being attacked. Even when you are not, yeah. you feel like I'm being attacked here. Someone is asking an innocent question and uh, suddenly you're angry, your emotions are high because you're thinking, I'm being attacked. You enter a defensive mode. How does that happen and how do you avoid it? How does one... Avoid that kind of a state, Lynn.
1: Right. So, what we need to start doing is to understand that our brain is just an organ. It's not us. We are not our brain. So we can decide what it is we want to tell our brains to do. When I spoke about the thinking brain, it's really, really relevant because when we feel ourselves becoming clammy, we are recognizing we we're feeling anxious, right? I'm going to give you one technique, something you can take away for free, right? It's so simple that you can put yourself back into that engaged space where you can be thinking on your feet. Right now, you're probably not feeling that anxious. You know, you're at home, probably relaxed, uh, looking forward to a really great, great day. Like when you do feel that your breathing breathing shallow, you're in that state, that state of panic, that state of anxiety. Plant a seed right now so that you can recall the question I'm going to ask you. This is the question you need to be asking yourself when you feel you're in that state. And it's simple. It's, what am I feeling right now? What good word, what different, interesting word would I use to describe myself back I'm asking you to think. So there you are, all emotional. Lynn, think of a good word for how you're feeling. I mustn't say anxious, stressed, words that just flow off my tongue. We need to think We see what we're doing. We are redirecting that blood flow to our thinking brain, which is where we need to be. And as I think about a word, and I hope you're doing the same wherever you are right now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Interesting word. I got to find it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So maybe I'm feeling, hmm, I'm feeling frustrated possibly. What are you feeling? So, shout out loud to your monitors what it is you're feeling or your phone right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Wonderful. And you have to think about those words. Now, that's what you need to do. Next time you're sitting around a table at work in a meeting and someone just interrupts you in the middle of, of your soliloquy, right? There you were, finally you had your moment, and someone undercuts you that anger. You know, you're going there. But you can't afford to. You need to be able to think when they next come around to you on that table, right? So if we're not able to take charge of our emotions and get our brains back into thinking brain, we create ongoing negative emotional spirals. Mm. Because now we're wondering about what people are thinking about us. We're looking across the table and thinking, yeah. Well, you know what? My performance hasn't been great. I wonder where this is going. I'm going to lose my job. And so we catastrophize. And that makes us more anxious. Anyway, on an ongoing basis, that begins to wire us for negativity and anxiety. So that's why we need that technique, which is called the labeling technique. Think of a really relevant, appropriate, good word. It doesn't have to be positive, right?
0: Just relevant and right. Mm. That's why the Bible says whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things, you know, it says anything that is beautiful, think on those things. Because as a man thinketh in his heart so is he. How powerful. I want to go to the next uh, question, but <laughs> look, so many people are, are really, they're, they're excited about this and I don't think this is going to be enough. I want to rush through the questions, but I also don't want to rush no. through the questions. Something is happening in Cape Town on the tenth, right? And this is where you'll be digging deeper into this. Yes, this is going to be a
1: full-on program. This is this is about six hours worth, virtual and exciting. We're going to dig down deep. You're going to come away with three techniques that you can deal with just about anything that comes your way in life. Um, you'll have a sense of why it's a, it's a woman's month. woman. Man. Uh, it's a, yeah. I'm sure males can join, but ultimately about no, right?
0: men welcome, Lynn. Are men welcome well, to attend yes.
1: also. Please, everybody, right? The whole continuum, please join us. <laughs> it's just really interesting to know, you know, what it is that we are actually grateful as women. So that's what we're gonna go into. We're gonna become really aware of the fact that we're not only here to breathe, we can lead. We just need to know what our edge is and how to leverage it in a positive way. I know how that sounds right now. Um, I've just picked up on how that sounds to you. It's like leverage it. No, not at all. We've been designed to grow people, to develop people, and we aren't necessarily using those skills because we are self-limiting. All those thoughts, we allow them to override and transcend. The potential that we have. We are born with levels of a hormone, right? Everyone's got this hormone. Everyone has this hormone. But women in particular have a higher level of spiking oxytocin. Hmm. Oxytocin. That's the yes. hormone. That's a hormone. And we, when we give birth, we need to have higher levels of it. It facilitates the safe birth. So you, your that whole process becomes easier. The same thing is required for you to empower people in the workplace when empathy is required. So males have oxytocin as well, but their testosterone dampens it down a little bit. So here we are, we can create an environment of trust in the workplace more easily.
0: Why aren't we doing it? Wow. Beautiful. So men have the same hormone, but theirs is in by, my God, just think about it. Now, right now, so many families are, are frizzled and uh, yeah. they don't know what to do. I mean, how do they handle the, the overwhelm?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It really all begins by taking a step back. You need to decide who you're going to be. I understand there are all these different roles having to educate the children while having to meet virtually with teens, um, concerned about your your reputation, it's practically overwhelming. So in order to cope with all of these roles, we need to decide what our brand is, so that we have a focus. So if, for instance, I am, and this is what I decided some time back, I am a woman of such That's what I tell myself when I feel as though I'm drifting a little, right? And I I'm a woman of substance. And so I begin to rise up toward that, knowing that I am equipped for this, right? And off that platform, I set goals. I decide how. And knowing a touch about the brain now makes it all easier. How i am going to show up? How when I come off? Something that is, has been highly emotional, right? I reset using my techniques. And I decide I need to move into an empathy mode now with my family, right? Or a very very difficult performance meeting I need to hold virtually with one of my team members, and how I'm going to be speaking to them in such a way that they feel emotionally safe. So. We do have so many different roles, but if we're working off a base that feels authentic to us, right? we need to select something that is in line with our purpose, that so we tell ourselves becomes and is our brand and out of that we offer ourselves to the world, but it all takes the taking charge of the brand, so we need those techniques. So reducing overwhelm, now I'm going to tell you something, just in case we run out, because mm. this is just amazing. I introduced you to this oxytocin, right? Please, don't fall away else we need you in here, especially because now you understand, yours is slightly lower, right? So you're gonna work your hard ones, and we'll tell you how. So, oxytocin, not only is it the birth hormone, not only the trust and empathy hormone, it's also the moral hormone. So we're looking at leadership right now across the country, and we're wondering, right? Where the ethics are, you're able to breathe that within yourself. So, by deciding to go into a chat with someone with a level of understanding that they too, like you being so uncertain, puts you into that state of fight and flight, they're also in that situation. You go in and you invoke in yourself a sense of empathy before you start talking. Right? And if you're feeling threatened yourself or fearful, or there's some level of unfairness that has been experienced with this person before, you sort yourself out first. It's like what threat am I feeling? Hmm. And then we regulate. We either use that little labeling technique or we say, right, how can I reframe this? I'm leading a team. I'm a nurturer, right? I don't tell people what to do. i Enhance transparency because I'm an authentic servant leader, right? It's not about me. It's about uplifting others. Out of that, I know my brain is going to reward me with this amazing hormone. The hormone I focus, firstly, then this hormone that predisposes me to holding a trusting conversation. And so it starts with empathy. This particular hormone, once the empathy is going, Trust is built between the two of you, whether you even mention it word or not. I, when I decide to trust you, really, without faking it, for a certain reason, like I'm sure that the viewers here have the same ideal as I do, and that is to reduce the stress to live as one nation, right, or what do we have in common that drives us? That sort of empathy, that sort of trust, you initiate the trust. You take the chance. You overcome your vulnerabilities because you've got techniques. And out of that, the other person feels trusted. You think it, they feel trusted, as you do. Both of your oxytocin now, once this spiking happens, we're able to focus more. We're able to feel happier. It releases the happiness format while it's at it. So now we're performance driven, we're focused, we're happy. As a team, our work improves, we perform better, and that leads to revenue. So what am I saying here? The oh, leaders out there, you? and women, you are absolutely in a situation where you are struggling to know how to bounce back as teams and organizations. It's about trust. Trust is revenue, trust is currency, trust is happiness in the home, trust is people working together, they want you, they didn't realize you have initiated, you've triggered this contagious, contagious hormone. (laughs)
0: Let me tell you why I'm laughing and I've got to repeat this. I'm sorry, I'm going back and forth. I just want to remind all our viewers and our listeners to those uh, on different platforms that there will be an event that is going to take this thing really further, this study, a a very good course that I I suggest you should attend is that both men and women can attend on the 10th of August in Cape Town, but you can attend virtually all the details will be on the comment section. Please watch out for them. Do you know why I'm laughing? I had to really bring that because people are bringing so many things. Affirmations work. Affirmations work. Work a big deal, right? We agree, but look at what Linda is saying. Linda says, please donate some of the oxytocin to our our political (laughs) leaders. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking Aww. it's beautiful, right? Now, hmm. you, you told me I, 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 taking from what you're saying this this I, I, affirmation work and um, going to that um, taking advantage of this moral hormone and using hmm. it for our performances everywhere, in the workplace in the home, you say this is currency, you say you can Put back the trust in the home. Put back the happiness in the home. So this is current Now, I, I want to branch off. You will tell me if you, I, I'm, I'm missing the line. I want to ask this. Why does it look like some, some people are more dominant and more confident than us? Is it a work of the brain or is it a work of the affirmations or the work of the oxytocin? The moral hormone, mm. what's the play there? You know, some people when they show up, it's like, oh, they've just taken over. Just, how could I, how could they? <laughs> Lynn?
1: So true, so true. It's such a wonderful question, in fact, because, you know, what is the confidence born out of? So if it's just confidence and, um, you know, it's not based on, on their ability to be effective, at work, but it's just confidence, often the testosterone is speaking, right? So we also all have testosterone, but males have more. And that is why in the workplace, we have found as women, we are not showing up enough. We don't assume the mantle of authority, the self-assurance. We question ourselves more, and that is, it is a result of having low testosterone. But what we're talking about here and, and this is for everyone to hear, the more stable, authentic, authentic in the more authentic the confidence, i.e., you are assured within yourself that you're able to read people, you're able to deal with your own emotions, because trust is all about this. Yeah. So if if you decide that You're feeling a little threatened, you're not quite in the trusty mood. Um, You can decide which of those triggers are getting to you. We spoke just now about affirmation. If you're feeling less important, you're feeling disrespected, that's a big one, right? Um, If you're feeling without the means to be able to deal with the situation, whether you feel you don't have the skills to, you have the wherewithal to reframe that. That's the other another technique, and to say, right, I might not have those skills, but I certainly have the skills to connect and to ask people where they're at and to learn more about them and have them feel understood. Because in so doing, I and this Is quite true? We were rewarded by that kind of behaviour because that's greater good kind of behaviour, right? And out of that, we gain our confidence. We need to grab hold of that. We are born, we're born to help uplift, we're born to receive rewards in our brains through this other hormone called dopamine which spurs us on to keep repeating that kind of behavior until we think that we're more confident. So that's the confidence story.
0: That is something. Now, now, hear this. Someone is just thinking, what are affirmations? Affirmations are the declarations we take to ourselves. Those, those are talking sessions. The things you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Just for those who are wondering, what could this be? I'm branching off again. And the reason is, you're really provoking. I mean, it's like you're talking to me. I'm, I'm coming to that workshop. <laughs> I'm coming to the workshop. But hear this. Could be... Could it be that the brain has something to do with the conflicts that normally takes place in relationships or marital relationships? Not just relationships, but also marital relationships, meaning in in the home between husband and wife. Could it be as a result of some function in the brain or what is it? I want to... I, I really want you to enlighten us what is responsible for the conflict most of the time, especially on petty things. And if it's as a work of the brain, how does one overcome that? Lynn? Thank you for
1: asking that. It's, it's wonderful. Um, I, I, I deal with full teams where there's such incredible conflict and they call me and I'm thinking, oh, we've only about two days with them. How are we going to do this? And the end of it in the old days prior to COVID. They'd be hugging each other. So between husbands and wives, obviously living that closely with one another, what happens is that there's certain habits, our brains are not we haven't got that much resource, right, in in any one day to be able to deal with ongoing emotional turmoil. So how can we get back home at the end of the day? And we've already Quite We don't have a lot of oxygen and glucose left. Not, not enough discipline, really, to contain our our, our emotions. Right? And we shouldn't be containing and suppressing them. We should be expressing, but regulating. So when we when we do get into these kinds of conversations that bring in conflict, often it is because we take shortcuts. Our brains take shortcuts. So there's a certain look, a certain tone. And we look at that and the brain hasn't got the resources to work it all out and to think well, possibly I've also had a really difficult day or this thing keeps coming up, maybe we need to have a date night um, to sort it out. Instead, we react. We don't give ourselves the the time. So this is how the brain works. There's this, this thing, this response, this comment that is made immediately. It goes to that caveman brain, and then out comes If we hear that sound and we decide that we're going to see it differently, or we find the exact room for the emotion we're feeling right now, in that moment, it gives our blood flow a little longer to go to thinking brain. And out of that comes a response, not a reaction. This is now tamed. This is normally, a, yeah, this is this is something that we can work with
0: now. But you can think on your feet. Yeah, uh, this will need training. I mean, for one to be able to, I mean, you need training. Uh, what about.
1: You're know <laughs> you talking about how do we wire ourselves to stop behaving like this? Yeah. Yes. Remember? Yes, the most wonderful thing about our brains is that they grow in the area of our focus. So we can choose, you know, to to just wallow, lame, uh yeah. back to whatever and grow that part and have the neurons join each other in that circuit and that sincerely grow. <laughs> but if we if we decide that from now onwards, you know what? We're going to do things differently, we're going to be a little more considered. We're going to really look after our brains ultimately. So are we do, we're doing this for ourselves at the very least, right? And then it's a matter of, I would just set a goal, a little goal. Don't tell anyone, don't feel micro ...managed around it. But what it is, we'd like to see, if this arrives in life, what you would like to see happen. What what would be the ultimate if this were to go right and you were to rewire? And then set different ways, actions that are going to remind you to do this. And then test it. Test it on everyone. Test it on your colleagues. Test it on your peers until it becomes a way of behavior because it will. That is what your brain is going to be wired to do. And it's going to be very satisfying. Now suddenly you're spiraling up. Now you're achieving this goal, while you're achieving that, your brain is disciplined enough to achieve a whole lot of other things. And so now you can start reinforcing, talking about affirmations, so important. this the security is important to us, so is that recognition. But don't wait for that recognition from anyone else. You know, so as you're setting these goals, you're seeing yourself in your ultimate role. Your
0: ultimate visualized goal that becomes your affirmation. You pat yourself on the back in the absence of come on now. <laughs> I love this. Now, why do people often feel of uh, struggle to feel included, and what can they do about it? Many struggle to feel included. No matter what you do, no matter how, how much you try to accommodate them, they don't feel accommodated. Whose fault is it, Len?
1: <laughs> That's <a great> one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've all felt like that, right? I mean, yeah, and I know, I know our audience is so incredibly varied, we've all heard a story. But I, I was in a children's home to start off with, right, so I left there at the age of 14, but not before I had tried to get into a decent high school, applied for the high school that no one else could get into in the children's home because they didn't take, school Um, And I just struggled through that lot, and I felt so incredibly sidelined and alienated and not believed, and it was a matter of having to go into my world, realizing that if I continue to feel excluded, I would be excluded. So if we think about what I said earlier about the shortcuts that our brains take, when someone Looks like they're not including us, or there's a group over there who sound and look and behave differently to me. I yeah. need to, as part of me wants to be included, I've got to understand that I might be drawing conclusions. My brain, in is taking shortcuts and deciding what those people are thinking about me. If you are part of a group who is terribly biased, Understand what is happening in your brain. Your brain is taking the easy route to deciding, based on you, that you are part of a certain group and that that group is not yours. That group is somehow the foe, the enemy. That is the them and the us. And often that is based on fear. Mm. So this fear drives that. We start jumping to conclusions, we're irrational. Remember this from the beginning of the of the, the session. Yes, yes, it's them and us. let we understand this. We are able to then reframe it and possibly walk into that group and include yourself. Right? If you're feeling excluded, you decide to include yourself. You're walking there, understanding that you feel a little threatened, regulating that. So One or two of your techniques and going in, understanding that they might be going through what we just spoke about. What are you doing there? Their brains are taking shortcuts. I need to put myself in their shoes. So what am I doing? I'm creating empathy. What's empathy? A building block of Christ, trust, Christ, Christ. I go in there curious, with a curious expression. Understanding that their brains are taking shortcuts and I walk in and I'm able to in that moment that I'm kind of the empathy, they pick up on that, and now you shape inclusiveness around you. You can shape the world.
0: Mm. Wow, incredible! Now, somebody says um, uh, downplay your success because you don't want to create silent enemies. Now, this is when you are. This is when you are promoted. You know you're promoted you've been lifted but here you have peers to deal with and somebody says because of envy they may become silent enemies downplay your success downplay your you know your achievements your thoughts and how does that link to this brain work thing Mm. Mm. you are so right and this is a very typical
1: um, reaction, you know, from both parties, firstly. Hmm. What's so very special about her that she's being promoted? Right? What's so yes. special? The person who has been left behind is feeling in that state of threat and fear. Yeah. what's wrong with me? What does this mean for my career? Yeah. Am I going anywhere here? It feels unfair. So these are parts of the, the triggers that really put us into that state. Yes. So your colleagues are, but because you are now aware of how your brain and theirs works, you're able to position yourself, not to downplay this role that you have, because we need to really show up assertively to be perceived yes. as trustworthy, right? So yes, we are just understanding of how it must feel for them. And if there is Retribution comes to those who feel they've been unfairly treated. Okay, we can anticipate that too. Testosterone is also an issue there. Right, so we need to really just be attuned to where others are at. Now you assume this assurance, understanding that you are having to uplift them, make them feel safe, make them feel secure. This is where you would possibly affirm and find. little thing that you can trust them for that you do have in common set up a time to connect really connect decide to trust them up front with a little something to pick off with you've got to start that trust cycle that they become more trustworthy more respectful of you a better team player and together we perform
0: (laughs) how does one deal with jealousy (laughs) Maybe that would be my last question because we're talking brain work, brain work, right? How does one deal with jealousy? Because some of these things, is jealousy, but okay, jealousy is real and it's there. Is there anything we can do on the brain <laughs> level? So, and are we talking about us feeling jealous? If we're feeling jealous of someone else's promotion, is that what it is? yes okay. yes oh, okay. or some okay. someone they've, they've just got a new car a new house or they've got something good going on in their lives and you're like hmm you know i've got I, I'm, I, I'm even i'm even better qualified no len let me bring a scenario even better because I, yeah. I, I, we are good with time well a little bit good well we have some tiny tiny few minutes left let me let me give you this scenario and this i promise this will be my last question i hope without any follow-up because we have the we have the workshop coming up guys on the 10th of this month It's for women but men are also allowed this is where we will dig in and i'll be there i'm sure coming here's a scenario you're a team you work together because uh, now this is this goes back to teams right you work in a team You want to influence your team but it gets to a level whereby because in a team and i'm 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 bringing this up because i work with teams this is personal now i work with teams and you find that other teams do better than others however like in a in a in a football club when they've won a match i mean the glory goes to the coach and when they're not doing well, who gets sucked? The coach. So even in a team, every team has a leader. So when when, there's, when the team is going up, how do you deal with it? When the team is going up and is, is, is making great strides and achieving and getting awards and things like that, but it appears as if others are, are feeling like it's only the leader that is shining, even though we are all working together. I don't know if I'm making sense here. You know, they feel like no, it, it's like the coach is the one taking all the glory, but we are all together. Mm-hmm. And then you find that people want to now sabotage the coach, so to speak. Lynn, I hope you are getting oh. my
1: my, my oh, you know. Goodness.
0: This this is a diff, this is a scene I deal with teams, and I, I'm seeing this. I mean, I deal with different teams. I I see this. You know where you see like elements and tendencies of Mm self-sabotage just because someone feels it's not a a, a, a victory team it's not um a a a a victory or a win that belongs to the whole team but to the leader because the leader Mm -hmm. always stands out this
1: really this this happens so often so really there's, there's so much in that Uh, From a leadership perspective, obviously, what we're seeing there is not a servant leader, right, or an authentic leader because they're happy to take the glory and not be sensitive enough to the emotions and the safety that they feel as part of this. So there is that reluctance to perform and it's a natural fear, threat scenario. In comes retribution. Now they do want to hamstring the boss, right? So... Each party has got work to do here. On the side of the team, this understanding that they can shape that environment around themselves, that they can manage upwards, is critically important. You don't have to have a very special place in a hierarchy in order to just manage up. So you behave in exactly the same way as the leader would. So I've sometimes had leaders and teams in. A terrible. Side. I mentioned one of them, and both parties were there together, and I was I was horrified. I thought, you know, are they going to feel safe sharing with each other? But they were able to just through having a sense of this caveman brain and what the typical triggers were, they understood that both sides were to blame. Then they understood that they're not on side. Then they understood that they were one. That they were creating a them and us because they were in a state of threat. Then they found how to regulate this awful behavior, right, this retributional behavior, not taking them taking them to court anymore, and work toward learning how to build trust because they can do it here, they can do it anywhere. What on top of that started happening was that they could see the more they elevated their own skills and capacity and ability to read themselves and monitor and regulate themselves, the more they felt recognized, they were recognizing themselves for this growth. And for those of us who heard about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, remember, it had basic survival needs at the bottom. And then, according to Maslow, then you kind of go into a social space and ultimately you self actualize and, and you achieve your, your purpose. What happens when you start thinking about where others are coming from and how to? Have a touch of empathy and trust them for the tiniest something. You trust your boss for the tiniest. Maybe you're both looking for this organization to do really well. You're both proud of being in this office. Just a little something, that's enough to kick it upwards. And that's what happened. Um, it was a matter of understanding goodness me, we're all just human here. Understand what I'm feeling, why I'm threatened. I know what to do about myself, now I present myself in a whole state. And out of that comes a lot of role modeling. People start looking at you, wondering how and why you're not, or why you're refusing to have gossiping in your office, (laughs) and (laughs) yeah, and the sabotaging just becomes things in your eyes. It actually starts to look like what it really is, and that's trying to create threats, trying to trip people up. It doesn't make you feel good about yourself in the long run. It doesn't help you grow. Sure. You're taking charge of your brain, you're healing your brain. The more trust, the more oxytocin, oxytocin heals nerves. This wow. is the, the crux of it all. You are helping and healing yourself by deciding to spread crust. By doing that we're enabling the world to find of a better place and we've been designed this way. We just
0: haven't optimize on it. Wow. So this trust thing is a big deal. It's a big deal. Now how can we positively influence our teams and uh, our organisations as a whole? Small, big, yeah. doesn't matter, medium? How do we go about it?
1: You can, you can spread. You can spread. I know I'm sounding it's, I'm
0: it so, so, so you make simple. it sound so simple, but it's okay. Maybe I'll be able to engage you further after this, because <laughs> you make it sound so simple, but but it is the simplest things of life that are difficult to do, right?
1: Yes.
0: And someone's got to start the cycle because the cycle,
1: right? Remember, it's around you empathise where are these people coming from, right? And then it's a the matter of them receiving the that they start trusting you, empathizing with you, because this thing is reciprocal, it's contagious, right? And yes. they're not trusting you. They feel like they, they didn't realize that they had that in them. And next thing, they're able to perform. Now they want to impress you. And this is the way you can be with your colleagues, the people you're not able to have a decent conversation with. You set it up. Shall we meet for a virtual coffee? It, yes. I, I need to get to know you. I, I, I valued what you did. I just never shared it.
0: Something like that, they find something in common, and you started. Got to start with you. You can change. Ooh, <laughs> yes, your brain. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Sounds like music to my ears. Now, here's a question from Tsulufel. it's not a question but a comment. But we have like three minutes, Lynn. Then we can talk about We have four minutes approximately. Then we can talk about the workshop. But here is something from uh, Tsulufel, and I think you should really. Uh, comment about it if you can yes. she says sometimes it's very difficult because look we needed two hours to do this mm. I, I hope the workshop will allow us to ask these questions mm. because most people who are here are leaders you said leadership mm. institute right mm. so most people that are here are leaders so they're asking personal questions okay if you can just bring that up like okay there it is she says Sometimes it's very difficult to talk to leaders, and you let negative thinking influence how you view them. It destroys good relationships. Len, your thoughts. Mm, absolutely. And this is
1: often our own self-limiting thinking, right? We limit ourselves. So we we see the leader, we know possibly that it would be great to have a relationship. They seem inaccessible, right? They don't even give you eye contact let alone time and you're thinking when you see the person it's a matter of i am not senior enough or i am not good enough or they will think i'm hopeless i will stumble whatever it is that comes to mind this is the question you ask yourself you say is this true 100 percent of the time am i useless hopeless actually no right so, not 100% of the time. Most of the time, I'm very productive. Most of the time, I'm a good conversationalist. Most of the time, people have confidence in me. That's what now. You're changing. You're changing the thought process. The blood's flowing in the right direction. And then from that comes the ability to think of maybe how you want to initiate conversation. You can think. You can be solution-oriented because you're not in fight-and-flight threat brain. That's all the self-limiting stuff, that has you feeling you can't hurt someone or that's possibly have a light. Is it true 100% of the time that <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs>
0: Ooh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, this, this, is, this is beautiful. And um, I'm glad that uh, something is really happening on the 10th so everybody can engage on that. I see some people are saying a lot of things, but um, uh, I'll, I'll let you go just once but maybe just one more someone says um some leaders are just difficult to deal with they are they are too straight you know those people are like that their no is no their yes is yes you are wrong you're wrong you're right you're right how do you deal with such look no (laughs)
1: Um, okay
0: this is the very last one that we talk about the workshop Oh, okay, You've got right. to prepare yourself to come to the workshop. One hour cannot yeah. cut it, right? Yes, yes, lin. yes. And
1: if you can't make that, or you just feel oh, it's too woman orientated, then get a hold of me. We need to also have Lyn L Y
0: N dot symbiota. Like symbiotic, like symbiota. Symbiota is actually on the comment section. Yes. Would you pin it for us, please? If you can just bring it up, we'll put it up on the screen. If you can just put it up on the screen again so that everybody can see it, please. Okay, Len, you can go ahead. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Right. So,
1: here we have this difficult, difficult boss, right? What we're needing to realize is that for us to feel confident, for us to sound credible, for us to deal with what the behavior the boss's behavior is eliciting in us what it's making us feel. And that we need to have some kind of a courageous conversation. In order to do that, we need to have an assertive approach. So often, when someone is really, really bullying or bossy, too dominant, we go into the passive, right? Um, little of me, yes, no. Or we become passive aggressive. And I think you mentioned this, this kind of behavior. We start sabotaging them. So we are anything but assertive. Assertive behaviour is where you show up honestly, authentically. What what you do here is you, you share the truth in a way that it falls well with their case that way. You you don't just go rushing in, you think about it. you prepare yourself to be able to deal with the fallout of that. Right? And this is why we have to know these techniques, right? The fallout. Can I, can I trust myself? Yes. When you're assertive and you're going, your body language is assertive. You're perceived by the other person when you're assertive as though you were trustworthy. So, this is what the studies have shown. So, it is about learning to be assertive, to do that if you need to dampen down your own fear, threat, and negative approaches.
0: Yo, Len, you are really deep into this. I can even see your facial expression when we are just <laughs> placing it. I'm sorry. I mean, you are in this big dip. Let's talk about the workshop. What time does it start? What's the procedure? Mm. The details, please, because I am coming. Uh-huh. And um, one person here who can just send a wonderful message and thank Len on our behalf will actually make sure we take care of you to attend the workshop. Ooh. Just send a nice, nice thank you message on our behalf to Lynn right here. And they bring it up on the screen. If we love it, you will be taken care of for that workshop. Lynn. Oh,
1: thank you. That's such a wonderful gift for someone. Um, yes, and it's been so good being with you. I I've I've, I've felt the vibe. And you definitely, you you have such a way of eliciting this in you. So, yeah, this is the women's workshop. It starts at nine o'clock on Tuesday the 10th, right? Straight after Women's Day. Um, it is about taking charge of your brain and some really good practical techniques to become assertive, that sort of thing. And um, you can find it on www.cakechamber.com. Chamber. It's the Chamber of Commerce that is hosting it. They've asked me to, to run this. The, the Chamber, Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Wow. Yes. Cape
0: yes. Chamber.
1: Yeah. And then and then you go on to um look for the um, take charge of what 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 we called it? You were so good earlier on. It's it's about who's the boss? Who's the boss? Right. And you look for wow. the on this programme for Tuesday. So, the, um, there's, there's a price associated with that. We'll, we'll share it there. But um, if you remember, you get a bit of a discount um, with the chamber. Now, for the others, we can customize anything. We can we can coach. Uh, we run teams of up to 15 in person, okay. um, right through organizations. And for that, you can contact me. Lynn, dot symbiota at gmail.
0: So, which means an organization, even ours or any organization, any organization can actually book you to come and do some workshop in our workplaces. Yes,
1: we can create a whole culture of trust.
0: Okay. You to Talk to you about it. Wow. Uh, if uh, I mean, if you can just put up the details for us, please. All the details on the screen, and everybody gets it. Wow. We'll, we'll really have to look um on that we need to look at that we need to look at that uh hmm, this is beautiful now will there be a question and answer session i'm asking about the workshop itself will we have a time where we can ask questions that's one secondly notes are we going to get some notes or what are we getting you know Uh, take home take home stuff lynn okay wonderful so
1: it's very experiential Which means that I'm going to drip some nuggets from basics about the brain that just take us everywhere and anywhere we need to go in the business environment and our home. You are going to develop insights out of those nuggets. I'm going to put you into a couple of groups. You're going to be broken up into groups where you can have conversations with other colleagues, other peers, people joining me other delegates, and come up with some ideas as to how you can take this forward. So it's going to be that so self-awareness being raised. You're going to have to look at how to lead yourself before you lead others. Um, you're going to get a sense of how to develop the kind of assertiveness that builds on your brand, that enables you to be able to achieve and have difficult conversations and deal with awful performance, typical performance um, reviews, that sort of thing, in a way that elicits the best in both of you. I'm going to be able to go into finding a way of contributing to a culture of trust in your very organization um, and shape, reshape your world and develop new habits. So you'll come away with a goal that you will have felt that I will help helped you with as a big group, to take forward and action with a, a sense of dedication and commitment, a sense of understanding how. Having planted seeds of brand new habits, that's what you're going to come away with. Um, so in terms of notes, we're not to you need to have your own paper, your own pens. this whole thing is virtual, but um, you will be doing a lot of work. it's reflection, it's action, questions absolutely, um, it's, it's fully, it's interactive um, and you'll be able to come off mute and, and talk and that sort of uh, thing, or chat via the, it's all on Zoom. Uh, you can chat via chat boxes, If you're shyer
0: and that's how we're going to run this. All right. So all the details will be on the screen in a moment. All the details. Some say they didn't get the details. Thank you for that. I think we have a winner. Here's the message. Well, this is men. Your ticket is on us. Your ticket is on us. As promised, Lynn, that we get one person who'll send us, who'll send a message of gratitude on our behalf. Well.